welcome back to the Pulse Strong podcast with me, your host, Becky Dunn. Today, I am joined for the second time by flexibility guru and pole instructor, Emily Laura. Emily knows so much about the muscle groups, stretching do's and don'ts, that this conversation was just so much fun. I hope you enjoyed this just as much as I did. This podcast is sponsored by EnviroCo and EnviroGrip, an environmentally friendly, vegan, sustainable brand. Did you know they donate 50 cents of every purchase to charity? I've been using EnviroGrip for the past two years. I absolutely love it, my students love it, and I know you will too. Check them out, and whilst you're at it, you can get 15% off using Becky15. Just make sure to spell my name right. First and foremost, Emily, thank you so much for joining me again. Thank you for having me again. Oh, I'm excited to have you back. I love your, I love everything you put up on your story. Sometimes it's really like, I read it and I'm like, oh yeah, I'd love to see the responses coming from this. Oh, do you know, I really need to be a bit braver and start putting them in my main feed. You should. I should. I know I should. I just get scared. <laughs> no, don't, don't worry about what people think. It's yeah. my number one advice to everyone. Don't care what people think. Just I post. am learning this. I am learning yeah. this. It's yeah. only taken me 13 years in the industry. Everybody's the same though. It's a new learning curve. It's a new way of doing things online and stuff yeah. like that. So it's brand new to a lot of people and having that confidence to be able to do that as well. Yeah. Like just fucking post it. So I say to everyone, oh but I love your, I love all the information. You're like a little info, information hub when it comes to stretching and, and you're really vocal as well about what you see as wrong and right in the, mm. or, you know, what you see people do. And I think, calling people out on that is really really important too because you do see a lot like sometimes when I see stuff I'm like oh yeah you're doing it but you're not right your alignment's wrong or you know this is right but the big one the the turning point for me when I was like I'm getting you back on again (laughs) was that um was the stretching and the standing because it happened to me previously so and it's so interesting because one of my students messaged after I reposted onto my story one of my students sent text me and said, I thought of you immediately when she posted this. <laughs> so what prompted you to like, so what did you see on it on online? Uh, so someone standing? Yeah, so it was it was on Facebook rather than Instagram, which is very unusual. I very rarely go on Facebook. Old school platform. Old school. <laughs> um, and it was a studio. So it was a, it came from a studio post, which in my view makes Ooh. it a bit worse because they're, yeah. they're like endorsing this approach. And it was literally a picture of, um, it must've been from a stretch class and the instructor, the student was in butterfly. The instructor was on their knees. The student was in a pancake position and the instructor was standing on, on their knees, not even like their thigh, on their knees, on a joint. And I, oh, just no, don't stand on people. Don't stand on, that's just be the key takeaway message, right? Don't stand on people. And I just, I think I was so surprised. I mean, I know it was the thing, like back in the day, old school gymnastics, you know, that's what happened. Mm. But when I say back in the day, I mean like 13 years ago when I started pole. Information, science, research has changed so much by then. I just can't understand how anyone thinks that's safe. So someone, so I was having a conversation the other day and someone else mentioned that about gymnastics. It's the very done Mm. thing, X, Y, Z. And I feel like this is a very, very good place to now talk about this because um, I've done a lot of research into gymnastics S and C. Yeah, one of the it's one like it basically because gymnastics is one of the I think is the most transferable sport to what we do. Yeah, um, calisthenics stuff like that. So yeah. I've done a lot of research into how um, 
gymnast gymnasts go through because they like like all athletes at a high level um when they start competing or if they get ready for the olympics yeah. they go through a training camp and part of their training camp is phased in through s and c they do a lot of kettle, oh god sorry just hit my mic they do a lot of um they do a lot of kettlebell work they do a lot of um like kettlebell swings and stuff yeah. to build up their posterior chain and so i've been doing loads and loads of research on it and one thing that's come out in a lot of papers that i've read is how first of all how high the injury rate is in gymnastics and how the way they've conditioned athletes in the past is like really it's horrendous like they've they've mm. gone about it all wrong mm. and there's papers now coming out to say that like you know the way that we that we prep our athletes is and again this is what like it leads in because I was reading how they now put them through proper S&C stuff and how yeah. they cross train them essentially to make sure they're nice and strong yeah. xyz and it's the same with like that whole stretching technique like yeah. what they've done in gymnastics like yes it used to be the way or like you know but now there's so much research coming out and the way like that is like is just a big no-no you know yeah. like that's where I'm going with that um and I think like when I look at gymnasts their career is very short mm-hmm. if you look at the how long a human lives mm-hmm. let's say 100 years let's hope we all make it um they were early 20s yeah perhaps, really and that I think that is so so telling and a lot of pole dancers that I teach are older than that yeah so how you treat how you treat your body should mm-hmm. be different to how gymnasts do but also look at look at the fact that they stop so early doesn't that tell you an awful awful lot there's no yeah. longevity there no, and, no the, longevity and, the, and the injury rate is so high and so so, so high yeah 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 well they don't and this is where like I feel like the industry is really um, starting to change their mind on sort of cross training and stuff at the moment, Mm -hmm. because it's not about necessarily looking a certain way or having a desired outcome. Essentially, it's about keeping the body safe. Same with stretching, right? Like you like when I when I stretch, when I do my stretch classes, one of the reasons why I feel like I get such good results from doing that is because I don't like I never I stretch I, I like get the girls to get into their splits or whatever it might be yeah. bridges in the last 10 minutes yes the I'm the same splits in the last 10 minutes yeah. oh yeah yeah so yeah the whole entire yeah. 50 minutes is spent activating mobilizing warming oh, up moving or yeah like um nerve gliding flossing whatever you yeah. call it all of that and then we split in the last 10 yeah but when I yeah. see people do like express splits 30 minute classes or you know I'm just like it's so unsafe it's so unsafe like you're putting people yeah what yeah what's your take on I know I'm the same that's exactly how I teach I I definitely prefer teaching longer classes for sure so when I do academies which I'm not running at the moment because I'm working on another project when I do academies they're 75 minutes long because we spend an hour prepping for splits yeah and, and then, then we spend 10 15 minutes on splits drills um and same with like back bends and needle scales yeah I'm exactly the same as you and if I'm a lot of students will say to me I don't have time in my week to do a full hour and 15 minute stretch session on top of training on top of work yeah I'm like that's fine you can do an express session mm-hmm. but you're not going to be doing your splits in it so if you've got half an hour pick an area hamstrings 15 minutes warm up and strengthening 15 minutes stretching it will help your splits it will absolutely help your splits Mm. but you're not going to be doing unless you've been doing splits for years like me you're not going to get 
a good split in 30 minutes and you're not going to be safe in your body. This is the message that I'm going to clip and put out. <laughs> because it's, it's the feedback, it's, it's, it's the question that I'm always asked the most. Yeah. How can I, can I have tips on this? Can I get this? Can I get this? Like everybody wants the splits. Of course you do. It's so cool. Oh, I remember. Yeah. It's awesome. I remember wanting the split. I still would love to, I still can't go into a flat split without getting, I have to warm up a little bit. Like, I can You now, can, yeah. But I will say that is because in the past, since, right, since I started doing edge, edge work and heel stuff, well, I've yeah. done that for like my entire pole career, but since I've been like sod tricks, mm-hmm. done double tricks, and I've just been focusing on floaty stuff, I've wanted more active flexibility. Yeah. I like to be able to kick myself in the face when I want to, let's face it. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more I focused on active splits, the easier it is for me to do a cold split. Yeah, I've been thinking about changing my narrative on splits in terms of really training active in yeah. the air splits. Yeah, yeah. Because um, if you if you want to get a jade split, what's the point in doing it on the floor? It's not the same. It's not. And people don't realise that once they get their split, then they take it into then they'll go into the splitty moves and then their photos like. <laughs> you know, like yeah yeah it's like that <laughs> and then you're like yeah oh yeah oh, that is not what I yeah. so listen you're a professional in this area you are this is very very much your bag like uh, I admire your level of knowledge and skill in this area and it's absolutely what I wanted to get you on to talk about today so when you what is your advice for people who want to get their get their splits so let's start with front split oh actually before we go into that we, I always say middle splits is way harder than front the middle is the hardest to get as, as someone that's really knowledgeable in this area <laughs> would you say that's true or do you think it all depends on how you structure your training um I think middle they're hard to get though aren't they they are hard, hard and get. I was just about to say I think with middle splits there's more variables that can have an impact so yeah. um I'm just going to grab something to demonstrate with. Oh, yes. He's just over here. Oh, he. Who's he? You can still hear me. Okay, meet my lovely, lovely friend, Lucius. Oh, I love this. Mm-hmm. So in your middle splits, so this is your acetabulum, your socket, and this is your femur. You know that. Right. Your acetabulum, this one, he is structurally perfect. Oh, by the way, he's named after Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> of course he is, of course. Obviously. The biggest Harry Potter fan. <laughs> So this part of your um, hip, this socket, it can be either perfectly in the middle here, in which Mm -hmm. case you are going to have a lovely 180 degree split. Mm -hmm. It can be a bit further in front, can be a bit further behind. I've read about this. I've done some experience. I've done some um, research on this. But also this bit here, so like the femoral head. Yeah. This bit can completely vary in length. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of those make a huge difference in your splits will dictate the, the level will dictate. of what yeah 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 I have read about this yeah um but I also think it's a really important message that not like everyone's body is different like just because yeah. you, someone might get someone might get the splits in 30 days someone might do that by the way like yeah. bravo someone yeah, else might <laughs> yes that was a low-key dig <laughs> <laughs> no but um someone else it might take five months it might take a year yeah like it's you yeah. can't com- like this is like with anything in life right you can't compare yourself to other people but there's so many factors in the body that will influence whether or not you can split yeah, yeah. 
And um, yeah, so I would say middle splits, like if you have, if your um, acetabulum is more towards the front, mm -hmm. it's going to be harder for you to have a 180 line. Yeah. Because structurally, there's bone. <laughs> there's bone. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. There's, there's just nothing and you can do about that. There's literally nothing you can do about that. And I would say my hips are a brilliant example of that because on one side, I can get a perfect 180 line and on the other side, I can't. Right. And the reason why, um, and you will only ever know where your acetabulum is if you have had an x-ray and I have had my right hip completely rebuilt. Oh my God. Yes, yeah, so that was when I was seven years old. Um, my mum had problems with her hips. We had very shallow acetabulum. So we had to have them completely shattered and rebuilt yeah at, at that point if any of you did it like at this age now at this point i'd be like can you rebuild it so i can split perfectly at 180 that'd be great but this is it my right hip so i had my right hip done and not my left hip my right hip is structurally perfect <laughs> you need to my left it. hip isn't my left hip might need might need doing in the future but yeah i love that i love um, that so yeah, middle splits can be harder because it depends on where the femoral head sits, how long it is. Um, it your life makes a huge difference for sure. But I would say if you if you're starting out, mm. Greek classes are great. Um, but if you're getting to a point and you're not seeing progress, and I I say this as well to my students because there's only so much I can do in a group class. Mm -hmm. Book a one on one with someone. Someone AKA who Emily Laura. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> that's me. But like, you need someone who can literally look at how you're moving because we do not move the same. Um, and actually, Colleen Jolly posted the other day about one-on-ones are really important and it wasn't a plug it was literally like everyone's body is different we all need a different cue mm -hmm. so if I look at someone's hips and I'm thinking mm, okay maybe maybe their acetabulum spit sitting a bit in front I'm going to cue that differently to someone who's got that perfect yeah lit line and I'm going to cue it differently for someone who has an office job who sits at a desk all day to someone who doesn't move basically who moves yeah yeah it's so like the uh, again uh, this is a little bit off subject but activity level is so 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 important yeah and we're moving into a really they've said that sitting is now the new smoking yeah essentially because yeah. we sit so much that's why um in case you are wondering what I'm up to you probably no, I'm yet, walking but, yeah, I am on the walking track now because even <laughs> like I, I hate being sat yep. all day like I notice a big difference even in me like I just seize yeah, it's horrible, especially my lower back. The biggest difference I saw in my flexibility was when I stopped being a lawyer. Really? Yeah, because I was doing, I mean, before kids were in my life, I was, I mean, I would do 7 a.m. till 2 a.m. That wasn't an unusual. I re I remember you actually telling me about this when we lasted the pod, how crazy your life was as a lawyer. Hey, you know, I've left my job now. Yay! Yes. <laughs> Yes, I was, today's my second day of self-employment. Oh, that's so cool. Congratulations. Yes, thanks. So I made the leap, did the jump too. Man, does it feel good. It does. It does. I mean, like, it's stressful being self-employed, for sure. Of course it is. Of course but it is. it's also 10 times more rewarding. Without a doubt. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, before we get back to flexibility, because <laughs> but I wanted to start with this and I jumped straight into flexi, but I want to start. How how are you? How are you personally? Yeah. 
I'm all right. There's a lot going on in my yeah. life at the moment, yeah. obviously with Arthur. Um, yeah. How is he? He's all right. Sorry, there's a, there's a delivery at the door. He's oh, he's smashing it at the moment. So he can now sit up. Oh, that's home, amazing. Wow. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, but with it comes more need for supervision because whilst he can sit up, he also falls over a lot. Mm. And he has no concept of danger. Is it getting harder the older he gets? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's heavy. Yeah. He's heavy. Um, yeah. And he we, must have to take like all of his weight. Everything. Like yeah. Rupert, um, who's two and a bit now, he w- he'll wants to be on me a lot, but he almost, he like holds on. Mm. You know, he holds on. He holds his body weight, whereas Arthur doesn't. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's nearly five. He's small for his age, but he is still 15 kg. Wow. Um, we've got hoists in two areas in the house, but really that doesn't cover enough. And I'm really bad at using them. <laughs> my baby. I want to, I want to pick him up. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's like moving to this house was for him. And yes. I know that your house looks beautiful. Like the, the garden space that you've got, like it's the, just completely flat. Yeah. Well, I mean, more importantly, the pole space that you've got. <laughs> <laughs> you've got one. I'm not gonna lie uh it was the most stressful time of my life getting here <laughs> but it is worth it because one Arthur can access anywhere because oh, that, that's pull. so important isn't it yeah and two I've got a pole room yeah you got your pole because where you were before you were in a dining room weren't you yeah which was fine mm. but it served its purpose but that like is amazing so yeah. are you teaching what what's going on with you I'm gonna say professionally but, yeah what's going on work-wise yeah let's get rid of that, let's get rid of that corporate bullshit what's going on with you work-wise are you teaching online are you, are you still at studios teaching like what, what are you up to so I started last night at a new studio at Salt Pole which is in Crawley is, um, that, is that closer to you now then yeah it is yeah. so they they have previously asked me and I was like no it's a bit of a pain to get to whereas now it, it took me 15 minutes last night I was like oh this is good so nice. I teach I teach splits and then I teach heels. I mm-hmm. teach at Studio 224 on a Tuesday, which is yeah. intermediate and then flexibility. And then I teach online on a Wednesday, which at the moment is front splits and spinny pole. Yeah. Um, and I'm working on an edge work course. Is that what you, I was about to say, when you said, when you said earlier, you were working on something else, I, wanted, yeah. I was going to ask what it was. So you're working on an edge work course. Yes. Very, yeah. very good at that. It's your bag very 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 good very very much my bag and the courses I'm really excited like I've been lucky enough to train with a lot of different people and I've seen Mm -hmm. a lot of different styles of teaching Mm -hmm. and I think the one thing that's really missing from the market is like a foundational course I literally like edge work bait I hate the word basics but it's true it's it's the foundations it's the foundations yeah so Mm -hmm. when I do my work oh yeah I still teach workshops and things like that as well um but when I teach workshops it's like 90 minutes to teach a sequence when people don't really understand the concepts, but they want the cool edge work, but they don't know how to create the cool edge work. Yeah. yeah. So this, this first six week course is going to literally like the first week we work on how to go over the edges safely. The second week we start looking at ankle articulations. Third week is pirouettes. We move into spins. We move into crazy cool box breaks. And then we look at sequencing so that's going to be the first six weeks. And then I'm going to do a slightly more advanced one where we do like harder edge work. Um, but it really builds on the foundations. Because mm-hmm. I think what I really want to teach with this 
is I'm going to take everything I know from pole, from flexibility, and I want to teach people how to create edge work safely, but also how to use their body. Yeah. Because how it looks on me isn't going to be how it looks on you. And yeah. we all want to stylize things differently. Yeah, definitely. That's so, like a kid. I'm really excited. I'm hoping I can get it going. Hopefully it's going to run after Easter. Hopefully. So you're still running your front splits academies? No. <laughs> no, you stopped. I've, I've just paused for a moment because I really want to focus on the edge work. Yeah, um, fair. Can people still get them though? Academies? No. That was kind of the basis One of the academies. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And because it's all tailored to each person. Mm-hmm. I don't I didn't want to sell the recordings because what I say to one person might not work for someone else fair enough um so I am doing um a six like I'm just doing six week courses Mm -hmm. one hour classes at the moment in flexibility I think the next one will be middle splits Mm -hmm. but I'm I'm gonna see just because um, obviously I started at the new studio last night. Yeah. So I've increased my hours and I want to do the edge work course. And I think that's going to be a 90 minute class. Nice. So I just, I just need to see um, how my, my energy levels go. Yeah. You've got, you've got to balance it all right. This is yeah. the thing you've got to get that. You've got to get that balance right. Haven't you? Yeah. You really, I, really do. And I've got to be able to train as well. Otherwise I turn grumpy. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually something that I actually don't really get to do a lot at all. Like mm. my husband, well, I was actually having this conversation with Rob, my husband last night, and he was like, "When do you actually train for yourself?" Because that's what's gone. Like, like yeah. I don't, I don't train for myself yeah. at all. Like at all. Yep. It's so um, hard. I teach a kettlebell class on a, on, a, on a Monday, so and I do that with the with the girls because yeah. I noticed that when I didn't do it with them, like the temp, I, I when I do do it with them, the tempo is at the <laughs> level I need it to be. Whereas yeah. when I when I actually took a step back and was like, "Right, girls, do this." yeah the tempo sort of drops so I do it with them and then I get a workout in which is great yeah. but other than that like you don't really get to train yeah yeah it and does I'm... fall really quickly doesn't it it's the, like the the like the bottom thing and I've said like nope this is yeah this is gonna be my top priority in the next few months and I I find that people particularly because I went from such a corporate job people yeah. don't always people in my life don't always recognize that I might be training but that's not necessarily my training yes like if I've got like I've got workshops this weekend so I was sequencing that yesterday and my husband was like oh you had time to train yourself today and I'm like that wasn't for me I didn't learn anything new yeah 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 so so important and this is why like so I've started training quite a lot with uh Charlotte yes Robertson um you know she's only up the road from me well she's like 40 50 minutes up the road and um no to have that time with someone to be able like that has been become like my training time and like it's so important to carve out time to train with other people too training by yourself is so hard yeah so hard and Um, and I think instructors need to be students yes yeah so important continue your learning and stuff yeah so um I'm gonna go back to just uh flexibility and stuff so tell me what's your I feel like we all have one of these. So if you do, I'll be really happy. If not, then I'm, that's just me. What's your least favourite area to stretch? Oh, at the moment, back bends. Oh, fair same. I fucking hate back. <laughs> mm. So partly this is like, like I was saying, I like my heels, my edge work and yeah. it serves more of a purpose for me. Like there's mm-hmm. a goal to my yeah. leg work training. Whereas I partly feel at the moment, like moves like Eagle. I've achieved it. Yeah, done it. Been there, done, <laughs> done it, it. Yeah, been there, done it. 
Um, but secondly, for me, um, as we were mentioning with Arthur and lifting, I find backbending very fatiguing for me mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the amount of nervous system that I'm using is a lot. So even if I'm really, really strong and I will always focus on strength in backbends, mm-hmm. I just get really scared about overdoing it and then picking Arthur up and hurting my back. And if I can't lift him, I'm fucked, basically. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That's understandable as to why. And also I just like, I it's really frustrating because I just finished teaching a six-week backbends course and everyone was like, when are you going to do another one? You're going to do another needle scales one? And I'm like, oh, no. I just, I just don't want it in my body, in my life for my training anymore. Mm. And I feel to teach online backbends, I have to be able to demonstrate everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to train it anymore. That's fair enough. All right. I just, <laughs> yeah. um, I just find it really, I find back, I find because there's so much to backbends. And this is something that I've taught yeah. my students over the last, well, over the last sort of like nine months when I've started my stretch. At the moment, I only have one stretch class a week, which is not ideal. That will be moving to two eventually, yeah. like in the next couple of weeks or months. That'll be t- that be to two because one a week just really isn't enough. But yeah. if that's all, like that's all I could put on yeah. at the moment, I'll be moving to two. Um, it's not just your back that needs to warm up. Again, the back is the last thing that I actually warm up. Yes, it's that's like, the last thing I do. I'm always like yeah. hips first. Yeah. Then your shoulders. Yeah. Lumbar, I do a lot. I do a yeah. lot of shoulder work. Yes. Um, um not only like you carry so much stress through your shoulders. Yeah. So when you actually loosen up your shoulders, it feels so, 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 so good. Yeah. But um, yeah, I do exactly the same. I start with the lower body, the hips, even like like yeah. the the hips and the quads. Um, then yeah. doing like warming up your glutes, getting those activated yeah. shoulders, and then moving on to yeah. the to the back. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm I did back then. You know, like I feel like I'm like doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> I got the yeah. I got I got a tip. <laughs> she approves. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's true, right? Like you, and then you know, and I and I explain to so many people all the time, like you have to warm up this because when you're stretching in your back bend, if your hip flexors and core aren't, if your core, hip flexors, quads, all of that aren't switched on, yeah. where, what do you think is being pulled when you back bend? When you go into yeah. your bridge, what is being pulled down the front of the body? Yeah. And this will heavily influence how much you can back bend too, yeah. right? Absolutely. So, okay, so cool. Let's let's start there then. So when you, let's say you do your, when you do your splits, when you, mm. let's say you want to splits, where do you start? In terms of what do you activate first? Do you start from like do you do you work in a particular order or do you just like how do you how do you do that? Do I you... think like when I'm teaching it, I tend to vary the focus. So mm. I will do a warm up. I will then do the nerve glides, and it yes. will be a nerve glide related to the focus. So if I'm focusing yeah. on your hip flexors, it's going to be femoral. If I'm focusing on your hamstrings, it's going to be sciatic. Yeah. Um. Sometimes we do spinal cord, but not as much. Um, I then do mobility, yeah. um, always internal for your mm-hmm. spits because you need them square, you need it yeah. for squareness, but also external because let's face it, wrapping yourself around a pole, you need that ability. Well, um, you may as well train both, right? The internal and external. It's only, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I always, someone asked me actually on Instagram, why don't people focus on internal rotation as much? I was like, I don't know, they should be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was like I don't know why they're not don't ask yeah. me because yeah. they should they really should be um 
But then, yeah, it, it kind of depends. I find when I'm teaching splits that hip flexors tend to be the more stubborn. My mate, my hip flexor is so stubborn. My yeah. back, my back hip flexor is unbelievably stubborn. Like I can yeah. get into a flat split, um, ham like hamstrings flat, but uh, the hip flexor will not will not budge. But if you think about it as a muscle. It's kind of shorter and fatter yes, than yeah. your hamstring. Yeah. And it also is. it's got much more boniness around it with yeah. the pelvis. So it yeah. is it's gonna be harder. It is gonna be harder. Um, but yeah, so I find hip flexors the most stubborn mm. and the one that people use the less. But then conversely, because of that, hamstrings tend to be the more injured. Yeah, because what because they compensate. Mm. yeah and because people will do like oh I see so many pictures of people being like oh my split's flat and I'm like yeah no it isn't yeah sort your back hip out sort your back hip out um so yeah I like I like to vary it I mean for me my hip flexors have always been my more flexible really sorry that is you're so lucky yeah I'm very very unusual um but then I have to work really hard for my hamstrings Right. So if I'm training myself, I know that my hamstrings need more than my hip flexors. Yeah. I know I can do literally one PNF stretch on my hip flexors and I'm in a split. Really? Yeah. You Johnny bitch. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but, but then like I look back at it, I look back now. And when I started training, my flexibility was because I competed like that one time I did a competition. Yeah, that one time. Yeah. One time. Um, and I remember Bendy because she coached me and she was like, you have to put a flexibility move in. And I was not flexible at that point. And for me, back at that point, back bending um, and moves like ballerina. Yeah. I was like Ballerina and Allegra, those were what I wanted. So I think I focused more on my hip flexors. Yeah, of course. Back then. Yeah. Which now means they're. Do you have a um? Do you have a go-to like hamstring stretch to warm up your hamstrings? Like, do you have one that you're like, this works for me every time? Because you know what, I've been thinking about this recently. Like, the one sort of move that you know that you can, like you just said, like you do, you do a hip flexor PNF, and you know it loosens oh. everything up. Like, do you I'm have bad. something similar with your? Because I always think about this. Because like when I split, again, if I can just get the ham, I, I know it sounds really silly. If you can just get the hamstring a little bit warm and the hip flexor warm or do those particular like for me I notice a massive difference when so when I'm when I'm split stretching when I'm ready going to my splits putting a weight on my back hip flexor yeah so I'm in a deep lunge yeah and I put it's not a heavy weight by the way I'm talking like <laughs> you got you got someone standing on you haven't yeah, you yeah I have um I'm, yeah I'm not talking like a monstrous weight but a kettlebell on the back yeah. of my hip flexor or just on the back of my bum sorry like on my glute yeah that will open me up tremendously yeah like that, that, that sort of like and I, I always say there's always there's some students who will really like that kind of sensory feedback as well yeah and I think it isn't just the way it's the fact that you're really conscious of your glute mm. and then it makes you engage it more yeah I I love that like I'm big for sensory feedback um but for my hamstrings there's mm. an evil exercise there's two that I really like to do one I lie with a mobility peanut in my spine yes yeah my butt's on the floor my -hmm. legs are up the wall it's horrible and I have to keep the anterior pelvic tilt as I bring my legs off the wall yeah that gets my hip flexors and quads powering to make sure they are really really active because cyclical inhibition is everything (laughs) um 
then I like to do my there's two a pyramid one foot in front of the other yeah 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 because that's a really good one for understanding that push pull with the pelvis yeah so pushing that back hip forward pulling the front one back and then I call it I don't know if it's actually called this but I call it a flamenco which is basically a standing on one leg hands on the floor really simple forward fold yeah but on one leg um just, and just, I will just target that specific hat because then then it is targeted yeah because again if you even if you do a forward fold you probably well not maybe not so much but you can compensate in one leg more than the other oh, definitely Definitely. That's, that's why I'm so big on like um isometric like isometric training. Like, you know, yeah. you do that, you do ones we have to as polars do one-sided training because of muscle imbalances, of compensations, all stuff like that. So it's the same with when you do like a forward yeah. fold, that like you're gonna you, you probably will subconsciously lean a bit lean over to one side. So when you do those, it's like when I do, and again, when I do when I warm up for splits, my warm-up exercises are like the girls are like jesus christ is this a workout yeah no i my i took my first my first class at Pole last night and they were like that was just the warm-up yeah yeah because i even because i got kettlebells at the studio you i even i like really lightweight but even doing like squats single leg deadlifts yeah um lunges all this type of stuff and they're like jesus christ but i'm like are you warm because you know that you need to be so so warm yeah um but okay, so you like the lean forward on the hamstring. I tell you what I really like. So I don't know if you do these very much. Um, when you're in the pyramid pose, yeah, I rock forward and come onto the point. That yeah, on like so come onto the toes of the back foot. Oh so, yeah, 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 and it's like it just again. There's stuff that you can do so to angle. Changes. Oh my god! But then when you can do, you can lean forward and you can twist a little bit, and yeah. it hits like the outer part of your hamstring yeah. and like. This is the thing that people don't realize as well. The, ham- the hamstring is so big, like sh- even stretching out like the ITB band. Yeah. God, that makes a massive difference, yeah. you know, but the runs from the hip down to the yeah. knee. Doing the TFL. So yeah. tight. Um, very, 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 very neglected. You know, yeah. stuff like this, that like there's yeah. more to it than just that initial like, okay, quick hamstring stretch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think as well with like middle splits is people, people think oh adductors 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 yeah yes yes but if you're not wide enough your hamstrings yeah straddle is very much more hamstring focused and the wider you go kind of once you start getting past that i don't know 150 degrees you're moving into your adductors but i've seen so many hamstring uh, straddle classes in the past that stretch the adductors and then they're like let's do a pancake fold i'm like what but my hamstrings haven't been touched Mm. And I think people don't realize how close in your body those muscles are. They are. They're like next mm. to each other. Yeah. So you yeah. need to you need to do both. You need to but do it's, both. It's like the same when we were talking about backbending. You know, like yeah. Why are we lunging when we do a backbend? You know, like why are we why are we warming up all the other areas because it's so closely yeah. interlinked. Yeah. Like you have to do all of it. Yeah. And even like in both of my splits classes, I'll do a bit of back work because if you're in a front split and you're uh, touched down, you've got slight lumbar extension for sure. Definitely. If you're trying to do a pancake fold, I need a nice anterior pelvic tilt and a bit of lumbar extension because as soon as you start rounding through the back, it's a back stretch. Mm, yeah. And, and a lot of people same. do that. My God, the amount of people that do do that, you see it with like when when you stretch any area, hamstrings, um, even with like a forward fold, uh, sorry, like a pancake stretch, how many people round 
through the spine like they're like same when that when you're doing a hamstring stretch and you're like yep. well I can get to my I can get my forehead to my knee and they're like this they're hunched and you're like well that's not not a hamstring stretch is it it's not really yeah it is technically a stretch but eh. It's not, it's, not what, it's not what I want you to be stretching. It's not what you need to be stretching. No, the alignment's not quite right. No, but I'm definitely, I'm noticing this more and more now that I work a lot more with pregnant and postnatal ladies and I've mm-hmm. done the corrective exercise specialty. People can't move their pelvis very well. No. Especially people who sit all day. Yeah. They just can't. And they have, They. I think modern society, we're losing touch with that core and pelvic floor connection because we don't really use it and then midwives will just say to you do a kegel yeah great it's not enough it's not enough enough. well it's it's like um it's actually when like people say to me well I'm going to the gym and I'm gonna train abs so I'm just gonna do some sit-ups and I'm like that's not training your core that's not that's not that's not training your core your core you're just training your prime movers you're just looking yeah. those abs are just the prime movers they're like they're for display they're not there for display they do work yeah they do they do, they some, do, they do yeah. some of course they do but um they're, they're the display muscles is what everybody everybody wants but if you want a strong core or you want to you know improve your core strength you need to be doing like you need to be doing cores that uh, you need to be doing exercises that work deep into the core that work those yeah. internal external obliques you know yeah. all of those, the, the core is huge yeah, yeah, like those sit-ups are just going to work. That really teeny tiny little movement, you need to have it so it's interconnecting yeah. and that all you're working, all these muscles. And it's the same with, with flexibility. And like going back to middle splits, there is a huge connection between the core and your middle yeah. splits and your pelvic floor. That's what I was going to say, pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. Particularly like muscles such as the piriformis and obturator internus, they sit within your pelvic bowl. Mm-hmm. they are pelvic floor muscles they stop your pelvic organs falling out of your body and it really when we talk about pelvic when we talk about pelvic floor it really is a sling isn't it it sits from the front yeah. to the back and it holds when you actually again and they don't really you don't really do research on the pelvic floor until you're pregnant or you know unless you're no, I didn't until I had babies yeah, yeah. why would you look in you know in, in like, like in like every yeah. day why would you why would you research your pelvic floor while it yeah. needs to be strong um or what even what even is a pelvic floor yeah like and then you realize what it is like it really is a sling that runs from the front to the back and like I say holds all of those everything (laughs) yeah yeah um and it's super important to make sure it's strong yeah and if you if you're in your middle split and you know like pancake folding I would definitely encourage people to like think about engaging your pelvic floor and your core and you're going to find that you can actually control it better and go further Mm. for sure Well, it's the same with like this is really, really obvious, but breath work. Yes. Like mm. how many God. people when they learn a new move? Yeah, hold their breath. I was reading um a really interesting article on breath work and how it has the complete opposite effect to what you want because you think one, you hold your breath just because you're concentrating on other things. Yeah, of course. For sure. Of course. Um, but you kind of think it creates the stability and power, but actually if you brace like that it stops your spine moving and your spine is designed to move your spine is strong because it moves and absorbs forces yeah so if you create rigidity in it it's actually weakening it yeah yeah and it's like when it's easy like I find it the most in particular when you do like a puppy pose for example breathe through a puppy pose and it's amazing how much you can expand yeah. and just move like we're talking like a minute maybe you know like real real nice deep breaths 
take I always say to my students like take yourself to that beach that's where I am in my head I'm, like, I'm not I'm not here with you guys right now I am on a yep. beach okay close your yep. eyes yeah that's where we are yep. <laughs> you yeah know? and it's amazing how much you can open up through the breath work I just like I mean I'm fascinated with the core I've had two c-sections and it mm. it's definitely changed how I think about the core um mm-hmm. but it's also made me look at things like uh, I try not to be rude about other people's classes, um, but there's definitely been some like heels classes that I've done and there's no cueing from like the hips up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and luckily I've got, I've got the knowledge and the understanding to do that myself. Mm-hmm. But I look back at what I filmed in class when I'm not aware of my core compared to when I train it afterwards. I'm like, why doesn't this feel right? Okay, core. I need to stop sticking my bum out because I feel like I'm going to die and fall over. And yeah. the difference, it's huge. the difference is huge. Well, I feel like that, like, and I want to be careful what I say here. I know. Um, It's very easy to get a pole instructor qualification. It's very, very easy. And it doesn't teach you. And, and I'm talking, I'm not, yeah, I'm not talking all courses, but some, it's very, very, very easy to become qualified. In a, in a weekend, pretty much. Mm-hmm and that doesn't mean like I've got so I've got a team of them um, I've got a really good team of instructors um at dynamic and they've got their qual they all got their qual last year they haven't got their own class yet yeah are they I, I need to see them coach I need to see them yeah. like I, I need to see their cues I need to see how they manage sort of situations and it's the same with like like you say the people don't know those people don't know those cues or know like that, that, like not everyone's body is designed to work the same yeah. I, I wanted to move into this actually and I feel like this, this book moves on really nicely about your inside leg hang post you know like that? with the hip with the hip flexors and and also straight leg inverts straight leg oh, yeah. inverts and the in like the inside leg hangs um so we'll actually we'll leave the straight leg inverts for a separate subject yeah. we'll, we'll move over to that because that is yeah. juicy <laughs> <laughs> yes it is <laughs> How long? How long so, have we got? Today? Yeah, that is that is juicy. But but like the inside leg hang, for example, like knowing that, like th- that that is very specific. What I'm about to go into on that, but even knowing where the engagement points are through mm-hmm. the body, like that's not taught at an, as a necessarily as an instructor. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, like you say, there's those cues that like other places, yeah. other people are missing. Yeah. That's so so important. Like yeah. so important. Yeah completely and I think like moves like leg hangs as well I find there's a very much a focus on the leg obviously it's the leg hang but then people don't use they don't lift they don't use their posterior chain Mm -hmm. so then they are literally dumping everything into the leg Mm -hmm. but they're probably kind of passive in the leg it's Mm. not actively holding them there and then all of their weight is just is just going down and there's no active lift there's no there's no support from the rest of the body yeah do you know what I noticed that in, in a lot of I actually this is one thing I do correct people with and I find that they get it wrong a lot is reverse grab for the exact same situation where a lot of people when like when you're taught to kick out to the diagonal like what that actually means versus where you need to be. I mean, you might not have found it a lot. I found it a hell of a lot here with 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 my students and like people that I've that um you know have come to me for help with that. You know what they they'll take their body up and out and then all the body weight comes slamming back down Ooh. again. Yeah. yeah. And then people are like, oh, like I've had people come to me and say, well, what? I can't get into my phoenix. What's going on with my phoenix? It's because their reverse grab is so off where it needs off. to be. 
like when you do your reverse grab you need to almost like yes you're going out to the diagonal but you almost need to sweep round yes. I not- like to teach I like to start teaching it from a pirouette do you yeah um partly because some people get really confused I think mm-hmm. on the hand placement and that does quite help yeah them understand you know when you see people and they just try and reach behind rather yeah. than take their arm up and over but it gets that leg that's the motion of the leg yeah yeah it gets so I start it from there so they understand where the body's going before I take it into like a regular reverse grab yeah I mean I teach it from a chair I do chair I get them doing chair spins and then like yeah taking the like I get them to take their hand off but but, but more so focus on moving the body to the other side of the pole you know yes. like carrying your momentum around stuff like yes. that really really yeah. micro breaking it down but it, it I, where I was going with that is like when you're when you're taught incorrectly um your it, it impacts so much like I've seen yeah. people come to me and say like, like I say why can't I do a phoenix they're going to do their reverse grab they're going out to the complete wrong angle yeah. and then their body is like smashing back down again to the pole yeah but I'm like how are you how are you supposed to even get control of your body the same with the outside leg hang if that engagement's not there again people don't yeah. realize how much engagement is needed like it's not just your core it's not just your arms like everything needs to be engaged from the glutes hamstrings like yeah. all of that to yeah. be able to control all of that weight and then yeah. like you say like because otherwise like your weight's just dumping gravity yeah. gravity, gravity will pull you back pulling down. you pulling you down onto the mm. top of your head yeah definitely and the other one i noticed is like beginner spins um right again people just you're everyone sees it in a beginner shoom, yeah straight down as soon as the feet come off the floor they're sliding yeah. because there's no cueing to think up to lift the chest yeah and it's it's one of the cues that like I use I use it a lot when I'm talking to other instructors as a bad cue example shoulders down and back yeah yeah and it's, it's so it's so outdated isn't it and it, but it is also a really, really good example of how the industry has, um, how science, mm-hmm. science has changed mm-hmm. and our industry needs to keep up with it a little bit faster. Yeah. So, um, and this is, goes back to like the courses and knowing this, right. So like I said to my newly qualified instructors, you need like the way I describe it with beginner students, right. And I do it the same with legs too. You can straighten out your leg. Right. And you yep. can put it out in a straight line in front of you. That's yep. not engaged. Yep. And it's the same when it's versus engaged straight leg versus yep. normal. And it's exactly the same. Like you can put that inside hand high and place this on the pole. You are in the right position to, for the spin. Yeah. But if I try and hang off this arm, I am going to fall to the floor. Yeah. Because there's no engagement in it whatsoever. Yep. Something I actually teach, and I do this a lot. I, I've always, always done it. Maybe it's because I'm tall, but it's something that's always helped me. Whenever I spin, I re-grab the pole. So I'll always start like this. And then when I step and go into my spin, um, yeah. I, I re I go up as high as I can yeah. to get full engagement through yeah. the shoulder. And it's amazing when the I difference. The, the difference when I teach that, how much more like they have control over the movement because the engagement's there. Yeah. Where like again, it's like that. This is this is right. I'm doing everything I need to do, but if you don't tell them to think about that engagement and cueing correctly, like to. you say, you're going to fall to the floor. Yeah. And that's what you don't, that's what I feel like sometimes you don't get taught. And I'm, I'm reading a really good book at the moment um, on the art of co- of coaching and the art of language and your cueing. It's so important, right? 
so good and it's such a good book and like the difference between using an external cue to an internal cue so you know, what do you just, mean by external and internal so cues? an external cue would be let's start actually no let's start with internal so an internal would be squeeze your glute yeah like you are literally just referencing your body to the movement yeah. Yeah. and most like you're always going to have one student who knows exactly what to do and mm-hmm. that is probably from prior experience mm-hmm. but the majority of students like if I said Becky I want you to engage your serratus anterior you're gonna be like what yeah what else? <laughs> yeah um yeah whereas if I said to you okay I want you to think about turning your bicep back and wrapping your armpit into your body yeah yeah you're going to understand what to do yeah so it's kind of like it's creating an external cue which studies show they are significantly better I was trying to think of a better word than better and I couldn't um (laughs) but like if I said to someone pull the pole out of the ceiling pull the pole into the floor that's an external cue and they know how to do that yeah whereas if I if I said um I'm trying to think like engage your traps and do this they'd be like what yeah, 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 yeah. And same in, yeah, leg hangs. So everyone wants their back leg to look lovely. Mm-hmm. And if I said, oh, just squeeze your bum. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Straighten your leg, make it long and push it down to the floor. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Um, I was going to use a, I was going to say, a, oh, I think, that's what I was going to say. I forgot what I was going to say, then I remembered. Um, what I do a lot as well, I feel like I, I'm, I'm really anal when I teach too, because I'm so in depth like I'm you know like I spend a lot of time showing and talking through like like you do exactly the same all those engagement points but also I spend a lot of time showing like what happens if you don't do this correctly and let me show you what I mean by if you are if you don't do this this is where your body is going to go and this is what's going to happen yeah you know and seeing that seeing that visually of for people um really helps yeah it definitely helps helps. and pole is pole is like when you particularly when you have beginners it's completely foreign to their body completely foreign you literally I don't want to sound like I'm patronizing students but you have to tell them exactly what you need them to do yeah you do and also people got to remember this is a highly specialized sport Mm. this is not your average badminton tennis that you would have learned in school done a little bit like dance yes you've done a little bit in school or yeah you know like some point in your life you probably done it for a bit of fun this is a really highly specialized sport that yep. has been brought to the public yep. um to 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 do and actually you know like the injuries are so high in pole the injuries are so fucking high i am um, i haven't got any wood around here 13 years no injuries yes I'm gonna, I'm gonna like trip over my own shoe later and bash my head on the pole and be out for months now aren't i i haven't had any major injuries i pulled my glute but I did that um yeah I was out for six weeks with my glute yeah I've got a really lazy glute so I have to do a lot of activation yeah. I do a lot of it when I stretch too because yeah super super important but that wasn't from uh anything pole related I just I did something and it just triggered yeah uh it was actually from a massage I'd had a massage and it must have triggered something in my glute um yeah. he got really really deep in my glute and uh, then I went for like a walk for two hours, which was really stupid, but I did. And then it, like, it was never yeah. the same. And then yeah. I pulled it and it's been reoccurring, but um, nothing actually major from, oh, actually that's a lie. Cause I did damage my wrist, did damage my wrist. <laughs> but that was from, um, I tried to do a Phoenix. I did, no, actually I did do it. No, I did a pendulum, did a pendulum. Yeah. And the pole was so 
so so so grippy like I cleaned it 10 times and it was like horrendously grippy Mm. um someone had used like monkey grip or something like that on it yeah so it's like glue right Mm. and I tried cleaning the pole so I cleaned it like like I said like at least 10 times and you know that little internal voice in your head that was like Beck don't do it on that pole like that's 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 like that's really grippy yeah but then the other part of me was like that's so grippy like you're gonna be you're gonna have so much yeah you're gonna like I'm gonna have so much grip when I swing out and then what happened is I did the pendulum so if anyone listens doesn't know what that is swing out to the side and then come up into a handspring my wrist didn't move with me because it was so gripped on the pole so as my body swung in and I turned my wrist did eventually move but it jolted yep and it was oh so I was out for like at least I wasn't out but like it was a it was a it was like a four or five month recovery on that yeah Um, nasty but yeah that was that was through poor decision from me like that was I haven't actually been injured through like lack of like you know just from and being irresponsible Apart yeah I was a little bit responsible but <laughs> that was my own choice I knew what I was getting myself in for but that's amazing that you've had no injuries you, it's really really important so many yeah. people so many people hurt their shoulder and they mm. keep doing it and like they're not safe with their practice or they just yeah. push their bodies into positions that they really shouldn't get into yeah um really quick then to finish oh my god I could talk to you all day I really should block out way more time I'd love to block <laughs> out like three hours really yeah yep that would be about right. Yep. I feel like we haven't even touched the surface. This was what we did when we had our last one. Yep. I need to learn. I need to learn by these mistakes. <laughs> um, okay, so talk talk to me a little bit about your the straight leg in first. So your post and um, that you put up was basically saying that not you like enough is enough with forcing people to do straight leg in yep. and, and training for that. Yeah. Where where's that come from? What what's that stemmed from? Like what's the what's the information behind that and what's your what's your advice on it? I'm not sure I should say where it comes from. I don't want to. Okay, yeah. Don't ta- don't tell me where it like. Don't say where it comes from. But where like so. What I mean by that, like, so had you seen had the student come to you that you would like yeah. ex- like so you yeah. obviously someone's come to you and you've worked out that there's something weak in an area for yeah. them that they then that then that you've then pieced together to say well you aren't going to be able to do this essentially yeah so, yeah. so I've I've had students come to me from other studios yes. Not- just one just to be clear other yeah. various studios yeah um, and you have uh, and you teach a lot of people online remember yeah, as do, well like I my do. my instructor comes to you for her edge work yep so you teach yeah, people so I, all over. I teach a lot of people could be anyone I, that's what I'm getting could be anyone, <laughs> it could guys. Be anyone and it, it is it is more than one studio and it's been more than one student and they've come to me and I teach intermediate level I don't mm-hmm. teach advanced really anymore because I don't train tricks okay. um but they came to me and we have the discussion. I'm like, oh, so, you know, where have you come from? What's your background? Blah, blah, blah. And I've had more than one student who said to me, the reason I've left is because they insisted on a straight leg invert and I can't do it. And I left and I felt like shit, basically. And I wasn't allowed to progress with my moves because I couldn't do a straight leg lift. Um, I also heard of a student who was postnatal who had returned and it was insisted that she did a straight leg invert postnatal, early postnatal. Wow. Wow. Um, and if, I you just... don't, if you don't have that knowledge, like, wow, the, the straight, there's so much that goes into a straight leg invert. It is yeah. not just. And I think for me, there's two, there's two kind of tiers to it. Mm-hmm. One is that not everybody is going to be able to do it because not yes. everybody has the ability to train as much as an instructor can train. Mm-hmm. They have day jobs. 
they um, sit at their desk or their drivers and they sit in a position that means, you know, things do go to sleep in the day, let's face it. Yeah. Um, but also it was causing this student pain to try it. It was physically hurting her and she wow. was just beating herself up over it, over and over again. And she wanted to compete. And she had it in her head that if she couldn't do a perfect straight leg invert, there was absolutely no point in her competing. That's sad. It was really, really sad. And I, and she wanted to do, and this kind of brings me into like the second tier of it. She wanted to do artsy competitions, storytelling, dramatic. Pole theatre. Yes. Type of like, like pole theatre type. Yeah. 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 yeah, Exactly. Um, And I was like, show me an invert with one leg bent and one leg straight and she did it and it was beautiful and the way she unfolded I was like chef's kiss gorgeous Mm. and I just I just don't understand I don't understand the insistence on a straight leg invert because not everyone anatomically is going to be able to do that and if you don't understand that as an instructor you need to check yourself seriously Mm -hmm. um but why why stop a student progressing when they can do an invert perfectly safely and with what if one if, if they can do one leg bent one leg straight but the red flag for me is if they've got pain yeah I would yeah. immediately tell somebody to stop like I'd say that all the time like with, yeah. with with even with moves like if I teach a ballerina from you know like from the floor like when you put the one hook and then you just rotate up for example yeah. yeah if someone's got pain even in that move I'm like I'm not like okay right you need to try again or like you know, yeah sometimes it might be body positioning and you can see that yes. and you're like right you're this needs to come down a little bit in order for you to rotate. Like that's yeah. what's happening. That's yeah. where the pain is coming from. But if they are uncomfortable in a move, like I think there needs to be more um, focus on that. Not everybody can do like your class plan. Not everybody's yeah. body is going to be able to move, twist, rotate in certain ways. And if, yeah. and if a student is getting pain, they, they you know that needs to stop yeah. immediately. And and if if you want your student to be doing straight leg inverts, and mm-hmm. if you want to train it for yourself go for it I have nothing against straight leg inverts if that's your goal awesome but if you've got a student who's in pain if you've got a student who physically can't do it you need to be looking at the conditioning you need to be looking at why you Mm. need to be able to look at why their body isn't able to move like that Mm -hmm. and think is there a way that I can train them to be able to move like that Mm -hmm. if not what are the alternatives yeah absolutely absolutely but also from like from a pure business point of view if you insist on straight leg inverts you're gonna lose a lot of students yeah um but also saying that with the straight leg invert like a lot of it as well comes from hip flexor strength um <laughs> yep. yep 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 and it's amazing I always tell people the same every time like when I do um sorry I just I made a difference but did <laughs> it go <laughs> um when I I always say to people a lot whenever I do hip flexor strength exercises I always say to people like you need to check your ego but you you like I don't care if you can sit in a wide straddle or like try and lift that leg and tell me you don't have pain yeah and what well, when they do they're like oh this is so painful I'm like bring it in bring it in as like almost like a triangle yeah and you do your lifts until you are comfortable and you slowly bring it um, bring it out and yeah. I think people don't realize even with that hip flexor strength how much how weak that's a lot of it where it comes from as well right not necessarily yeah. your hip flexors aren't tight they're weak a lot oh, of the time every time every time if you think your muscle is tight I'll tell you it's weak it's weak yeah because it's gripping because it's yeah. not got the power yeah and and yeah it is it's hip flexor strength because I think when I've heard people and I'm like well, okay what exercises were you given they'll, they'll be like oh more core stuff yes yeah to a degree to yeah. a degree um and um but also what core stuff 
like you know, I'm not, I'm not saying go into this now, but you know, like yeah, what core exercise were you giving? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like for someone for the untrained eye, core exercises are like sit ups and you know, yeah, like traditional ab exercises where actually are you training your muscles to take like offset load? Yep. And you know, yep. under yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But, so um, anyway, core exercises. What I was gonna say is people like get annoyed with micro bends as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what they don't understand is that if your hip flexor isn't doing the job, it needs to be doing because it's not strong enough to fold to help you fold because that is its job. It is to flex the hip. Yeah. Then the quad is going to try and take up the slack and help you fold. Mm-hmm. And then the quad is too busy doing that. And it's going to it's going to let go of the knee. Yeah. Not completely let go. It's not going to be um, but you know, your yeah. knee's not just going to fall off. <laughs> it's going to focus on what it sees as the more important task, and that's yeah. going to be folding. And then mm-hmm. it's not going to have the power to also help you straighten your knee. Yeah. So because yeah, it's, it's compensating. Because it's compensating exactly. So yeah, yeah, if if those three areas need to all be working together, mm-hmm. you yes, isolate the muscles absolutely isolate the muscles in order to strengthen the muscles but mm-hmm. you've got to put them all together yeah like single leg lift sitting in a straddle you need more more than just that yeah so what are your what are your go-to strengthening exercises for hip flexors for hip flexors mm-hmm. even Consi- figure- considering it's the considering it's the most weakest area and mm-hmm. i think the most abandoned area um people so I always like, I call them evil figure fours. <laughs> People absolutely hate them where you literally sit with one leg out in front of you, anterior pelvic tilt, forward fold, mm-hmm. um, and go to your max range. Like it shouldn't be an exercise where you lift your leg off the floor loads. It should mm-hmm. feel hard. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite ones. But even just being like in a lunge, mm-hmm. a baby lunge, and pull that hip back and lift it up and off the floor, off the front leg, sorry. Okay, yeah. That's a really, really simple one that yeah. I start people with to start curing that kind of understanding. Okay. Um, but it's amazing how much when you should, even a lunge is a really, really good example, by the way. Like I, t- I, t- I speak about this a lot because as pole dancers, when we think of a lunge, we think of a, and I, I'm coming from it from a fitness side because yeah. uh, when I teach like people to do like last night in my kettlebell class, it's lunges, you know, like yeah. there was a lunge exercise, for example. As a polar, we are so used to a deep lunge yeah with and, yeah and yeah exactly that trying to and bringing the body as forward as possible like, being like oh I'm so flexible it's beautiful yeah because it's a really really deep lunge yeah. now two aspects of this when you start to weight load it um yeah. your form is actually completely off because a traditional lunge is 90 degrees 1990 yeah I was about to say 1990 yeah. um 90 at the front 90 at the back um, you know it's that it's, it's actually a really tight compact yeah movement but we're so used to being like no lunge as far much yep. as we can and it's the same like and, and then, then again your body weight is so forward because you think that you're stretching out your hip flexor or your hip flexor is uh, flexy when you bring the body up yeah you know and you sit that you know that like, you know what I mean like you sit body yep. up and obviously yep. and tuck the pelvis and stuff yep. and then it's like oh shit that yeah. how much that hits your hip yeah. flexor and then you're like okay that is where I need to be yeah stretching I, you know I really like um 
going back to like exercises if you're in just a baby lunge put something under your back knee because otherwise ow anyone yeah. else get really like mm, i need oh, my, so many emotions i tell you what you can buy in decathlon you yeah. can get they're really for yoga they're like this they're like the shape of like a little butterfly or something like that i don't think it's a butterfly but it's a pretty shape maybe a little butterfly or it's like a little circle it's like this big um and it's designed for your knee so it's like a little knee pad Nice. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. I need to get some for the studio because I have quite yeah. a few girls. A lot of girls elevate their knee anyway. I yeah. prefer in a lunge elevating the back knee. I I really do like how much I can deep. I just yeah. I just prefer it. I I, I really I do. do. And I like um. And also when I do like activation, like when I like actively kick that back leg in towards the bum, for example. Yeah. I do some like yeah. You know what? I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm like trying to demo. I'm like standing up. It's like way. <laughs> way off but yeah like even having that back knee elevated like yeah I, re- I, re- I do really really prefer it but I think um for like strengthening the hip flexor for your straddles anything yeah. where you are putting yourself into a fold so you're flexing the hip because yeah. that's what you do in a straddle you then have to take the leg off the floor mm-hmm. and then straighten it mm-hmm. anything like that is going to help yeah. because core hip flexor quad mm. yeah all needs to work as one yeah so yeah, even just being in a, a baby lunge or not, yeah, or the one I got my students to do last night and they nearly, I think they hated me. Um, a lunge, hands on the floor, yeah. straight front leg. Yeah. So you can enjoy a little bit of a hamstring stretch there as well. Yeah. Then lift your leg off the floor. Yes, I do these. <sighs> my God, I, I've done these. They are so hard. Killer. Yeah. Absolutely killer. They are really like my when I first did these with my students, they were like, Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Like they couldn't even lift their leg yep. off the floor. Cause I quite like to do a bit of a um uh not a complex, complex not the right word, but like almost like a little bit of a flow. I like to I yeah. like to come into that, I do like to come into that lunge, that deep yep. lunge, because you do you do still get a good stretch through a deep yeah. lunge. And um if you're performing, it's a beautiful shape to use. Yeah, and it's like and it is, you know, we do again it yeah, it's nice to use. So I like to come into a deep lunge, then come back into like a that straight leg. Hamstring, yeah. Get the hamstring stretch. So bring the body down, get the hamstring stretch, then bring the body back up a little bit and then lift that front leg. Yeah. And oh my God, it is it is so hard. And the other one I do is um going back to like using a mobility peanut, that in the lumbar yeah. spine, lying over it. Oh, it's grim though, Em. It's grim. Use a towel. Use a towel. Okay, okay. Because yeah, my mobility peanut is cork and it's nasty. To so be yeah, honest, use a small rolled up towel. Yeah. Keep your bum on the floor. Bring your knees in towards you. Yeah. Keep your bum on the floor and straighten your legs and bend them and straighten and with bend. the peanut on your lower back. Yeah, keeping that. I know when you're in a straddle, you're probably you're well, you will have more of a posterior pelvic tilt and core engagement. Mm. But if you really want to strengthen those, like in that position that is a killer it's absolute killer it's horrible but it's great yeah these all the ones that are killers are great they're the best ones no but you don't want to do them because they suck but if you do it if you do it in an anterior pelvic tilt it's hard of your hamstrings and then when you take that peanut or towel away oh it feels so good yeah I do like that when you again I like I've started doing my splits now doing a front split with my back knee on the block and then my front leg on the block like switching and then doing a split yeah um how much better than a flat a full split feels you're like I yeah I like I love to get my students to do like an active split like um front leg on the floor back leg in the air standing split 
So like, how okay, 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 right. I was, like, I was like, how <laughs> like, is what, that what? even possible? Do you see or, my like brain? Or like on your back, on your yeah. back with some blocks under your bum. Yes, I do this a lot. Using your hands. Yeah. Then, then turn it around and let gravity help you whilst using your muscles. It will feel so much easier. Yeah, if yeah, you, yeah. If you can take that same level of muscle engagement that you use in the air and put it on the floor, your split's going to go further. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And your bum's going to die. Yeah, I do that a lot with uh, elevated pitting blocks under the lower bum yeah. with sacrum or, you know, it really does help. Especially yeah. especially because um, I find a lot when you elevate, well, when you, when you lift up the hips, it just stops you, it forces your body to like stay in position almost. Like yeah. it stops the hips dropping or like, yeah. I'm really bad for that because I almost have PTSD on my right side because I pulled my hamstring in lockdown. I went into a flat split and yeah. I was like, oh my God, I'm flat uh, on my bad side. And um, and it, I was sat in it and it just pinged. Like, obviously, I just, oh. I, it was the worst. And I was out and like, yeah. now I get PTSD stretching it. And now I've had to like retrain my bad yeah. leg split, which is, which is fine. But what's really funny is where the back foot's not conditioned in terms of like where it sits. This is, this sounds really, really silly, but the back foot on my left side or so my, when I left leg split, my right foot, for example, like will sit on the top of its foot and like how yeah. it should do in a split. Where on the right, so my back, then the left leg, it it hurts so bad the mm. foot where it's not really conditioned. Yeah, that it's naturally like I can feel so much more how much my hips turn out. Yeah, I'm not square at all because yeah. of that foot. So like you know, having to really be like, nope, I'm gonna go down as far as comfortable until I'm square. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But how many? It does make a massive difference though when you're splitting. And like that hip turn out, I know you shouldn't turn your hip out, but when you do, like you're like, it makes you feel so good. (laughs) You're like, okay, this is, this is a flat split. And then you're like, you need to turn your hips. You're not quite where you need to be. Then something I was saying to my students last night is when it comes to a flat split, I always say, focus on the the hip and the thigh facing the floor. Not everyone's pelvis. I hear some people saying that your hip bones should stay perfectly in a line. Not everyone's pelvis is going to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. If your if your acetabulum again is is more to the front, it's not you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah, I can't. It's so interesting you said about that because I, I want to find out the study where I was reading about that because you know that space the space in between and yeah the range of motion that you get as a result is yeah. um will in, will influence your results. I love, I love it. I love yeah. it. So my my mum is going to be having her hip replacement soon and oh bless her it's not good at the moment so part of her acetabulum is completely worn away. Ouch. so yeah so she sublaxes a lot um and she's so funny she's like I don't want to see the x-rays I don't want to know what they're doing and I'm like tell me yeah can I, I have the, it. I can have the pictures it'd be great though wouldn't it because then for you when you see oh it's a shame if you can't if you can keep them but it'd be so good when it's be like this is here what so is going on I my hips and I need to find I need to find the book but when my hips were operated on because it was genetic from my mum mm. the doctor actually included us in his study so my hips are in a book there are pictures of find my the hips book. Book. Find the book. that's amazing that's, that's so so book. cool that's so good um emily thank you so 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 much for thank joining me. For me let's um let's leave with some advice for people that uh there's this is this will be so valuable to everybody because everybody wants to be as flexible as possible what is your advice for stretching in terms of someone wants to get their splits what's your advice to them don't get stood on (laughs) don't get stood on (laughs) um I think listen like it sounds really pedantic but listen to your body Mm, if you're not 
yeah, if something isn't feeling good, there is a reason you need to come out of it mm-hmm. and find find someone who can teach you good technique for your body. Yeah, you've said this before, actually. That was something <laughs> you said to me before. Find yeah. find an instructor that works for you. Yeah. yeah, not every instructor will work for you and that is okay. Yes, agreed. I really like that there. Yeah. I'm not yes. going to say any more on that book. No. <laughs> not on the recording anyway. No, 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 exactly. You have to find the right instructor for you. But yeah. thank you so much. This has been like an absolute pleasure. It's been thank so good getting me. you on. I feel like we haven't even really got into much though. No. <laughs> but it's been really valuable. But like every time, I do this all the time. There'll be a part three coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs>